This is the Lightning Round Podcast with your hosts, Garrett Sisti and Jamie Hoyle. Go Chargers, go! Woo, buddy! Here we are. Chargers win in a thrilling come-from-behind victory here. Go for two at the end, which we'll talk about. The social media quarterback brings it on. Uh, <laughs> they win. And uh, uh, it was brutal there for a little bit, Jamie, but they pulled it out. Chargers win and a win they had to have. Yeah, it really seemed like early in the game, Derwin was the only person who came ready to play and was prepared. Um, they weren't stopping the run. They couldn't keep Kyler in the pocket. They couldn't move the ball early on. They had another flat first quarter. Then they go on that 14-point run in the second quarter to get themselves back in the game, but the Cardinals go down the field at the end of the half to score, to go up, was it 17-14 at halftime, and things were not looking great, but they they pulled it together in the second half. I think the defense deserves a ton of credit for the way they played, particularly in the fourth quarter. Um, they were not good at all in the first three quarters, basically. No. Uh, but they buckled down in the fourth quarter big time. They did a much better job of keeping Murray in the pocket. They stopped the run. They tackled when they needed to. They punched some potential completions out that could have been first downs. And I think I went back and looked. They had, after the Chargers punted with about 11 minutes to go in the fourth quarter, um, I think it was like a third and 20 or something like that, and they, the Chargers punt the ball. Um, <clears throat> Cardinals had the ball three times, three possessions, three three and outs, 16 total yards gain in three, in three possessions. Mm-hmm. And that ultimately flipped the game for the chargers and allowed them to get back in it. Cause normally, yeah. you know, chargers give the ball back with two plus minutes left in the, in the fourth quarter after not being able to move the ball. And you're expecting the defense to give up the, the opposition is going to run the ball down their throat and run the clock out. And they stepped up, they bowed up big time and they, they made the plays when they needed to. So defense deserves a ton of credit for giving the offense a chance to come back and win that game. Yeah. I mean, they gave up like 72 rushing yards in that first quarter. They were awful. And, uh, yeah, the, those last three possessions where they were able to hold the Cardinals were huge. Um, uh, I thought the, uh, the decision to punt when they were on the Cardinals 49 down seven at that point, uh, when they got six yards on the third and 12, it was fourth and six on the 49, they decided to punt the ball. I think that was when I felt like Staley was punting the game away. You know, there was this uh, talk for years now about living and dying on Herbert's arm. Uh, that seemed to have gone out the window at that point. Uh, he seemed like he was no longer being aggressive. And then, of course, here comes at the end of the game. Charger scores 15 seconds left. They elect to go for two. Uh, I know people are going to ask if that was the right decision, whether they had gone for it or not, whether they had got it or not. Do you think that was the right choice to go for two there? Oh, yeah. I, I didn't think they really had a choice. I think yeah. they had to snatch that game when they had the opportunity to. You couldn't take the chance of going into overtime and winning that game on the road, even though, mm-hmm. in my opinion, the Cardinals aren't a very good football team and they're not particularly well coached. I just don't think you want to mess with overtime there. I think mm-hmm. you got a chance to put it away. You take it. And they did. So a uh, great decision there. Um, I think their hand was kind of forced. I think they had to, but give them credit for making the right decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the play call, that's the, that's the play call from Kansas city that wound up being an interception in the fourth quarter in week two. And they run it here again. They use Keenan as a decoy. He kind of clears out everybody. They put uh, they did a really, really good job of, running a little bubble concept behind uh, Everett there, and they froze Simmons. He wasn't sure whether to stay home with Everett or go out on the bubble with Eckler. And just that brief second of of hesitation gets Eckler in between two defenders for an easy pitch and catch for a touchdown. Uh, big win, big play call, big decision, and they make the right decision, and, and Herbert makes a good play there for the, for the win. So all, good all around. Yeah, uh, two back-to-back really, really good play calls. Uh, On that two-point conversion, uh, you just talked about the touchdown, but the two-point conversion to run Gerald Everett inside while Keenan takes his man away, and then also pre-snap having uh, Eckler motion out wide uh, distracts the linebackers who's running across. There was just so much chaos in that field to just sneak kind of Everett in that little quick corner route was perfect. Uh, to get him in that slant and easy two-point conversion. We've talked about how this team uh, is one of the uh, uh, teams that runs that motion at the line of scrimmage less than any other team. And uh, in those two plays, they got a lot of motion going and uh, some good things happened, fortunately. 
Yep. Good play design, good execution for once. And uh, everybody stepped up and made the play when they needed to. So, and by the way, great drive there by, uh, by the chargers, by Herbert, some nice play calls there to get them down in position to score. Um, you know, I wasn't entirely sure they could get the ball 50 yards with two minutes left with the way they've been mm-hmm. moving the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they got some chunk plays. They moved the ball down pretty quickly. They slowed things down. You know, I think they had the ball there um, with what, three, three, three and a half minutes left or something like that. And they had to kind of slow things down a little bit and, uh, and, and, and slow the clock down. And they managed the clock pretty well at the end and they, they wound up getting the touchdown. Yeah. Huge. Well, so what do you what did you think about that decision to punt it from the forty nine? Did you like that? Were you okay with it? Did you? No, I was not okay with it. Okay, I thought right, it was chicken right. shit. No. <laughs> uh, okay, good. Uh, I you know you're five and five. You're playing a, t- a four and seven team on the road. You've got a chance mm-hmm. to make a play with your your star young quarterback, the guy like you said they've been talking about for two years about putting the ball in his hands and letting him win games for you. Uh, and it's not like you're playing, you know, the 2000 Baltimore Ravens defense there. This is the Cardinals defense. This is not a good defense, even though mm-hmm. they are pressuring Herbert and they have given you some problems. There are opportunities to move the ball against these guys. So um, I didn't like it. I thought they needed to take a chance there, go for it uh, and uh, and try to put some points on the board with I think there were about 11 minutes left on the clock, give or take there. So did not care for that. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't know where the aggressiveness went to. Uh, we've people have asked us a lot about that, and it's just not there this year. In a in a prime spot to go for fourth, I mean, Arizona went for fourth down in their own territory. It didn't work out, but uh, that I mean, they they went for it when they needed it. It was fourth and short on the forty nine. You're across enemy territory. You're down seven at that point in the fourth quarter. You got to go for that. I, I just he's an analytics driven coach he says and that's what uh driven him last year and now he's not going for it on fourth and six when he just got an easy six uh you know i i don't i don't i don't understand the uh decision so do you think my question is do you think john spanos or tom telesco ran staley's ball to him in the jar <laughs> down on the sideline so he could call Hand, a two-point conversion at the end. Bu- he there you go you get them for one him? play and then we're going to take them back. <laughs> so, Is that what happened? So you think they own Staley's balls in a jar and they're running it to him dur- to the sideline. They ran from the box to the on a play by play basis based on when they want him to go for uh, it. Uh, yeah. I know they clipped them. I'm yeah. just wondering who uh, is who the runner. It's got to be Tom, right? Tom's the runner. Because John John's not going to get his hands dirty John, like that. So it's got to be Tom. John's not moving. No, no, no. He's got to be. No way. Spanos is doing anything, getting their hands dirty at all. Uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I I don't understand the decision there, but you know, ultimately ends up uh, working out for the Chargers because they were able to do it there at the end of the game, which was the right decision. And, um, there, I know there are a lot of people who were scared, uh, on Twitter during that decision, uh, after, because they called a timeout right before they were about to run a play, but that was the right call. You go for it and win it, went on it on Herbert's arm. That's what he's talked about. And ultimately that's what he did at the end of the game. Yeah. He finally lived up to his words and it paid off. Hopefully it emboldens him to make more decisions like that. Cause they're going to need more decisions like that if they want to make the playoffs. Yeah. So uh, a lot of questions here. We can uh, we can get into it, but um, how bad? I mean, I think losing Corey Lindsley was was bad in this game. Uh, the fact that Pipkins was able to come back after halftime was huge. Um, but uh, this offensive line, man, I mean, they it was back to back plays where Herbert got sacked on a third down. Uh, the very next third down play, he was pressured. In his face, there was a third down where nobody had the blitzer coming up the A gap, and they had a punt, uh, and and Herbert was sacked right away. There was, I mean, this offensive line was just uh, in shambles today because uh, Filer didn't look good at all today. Salier gave up an easy clean sack to JJ Waterly in that game. Zion had uh, his uh, issues today. Clap was not good. This offensive line, I mean, last week was really bad against Kansas City. Uh, this week, just not as good. Yeah, I thought, you know, um, Zion had a pretty bad day today, but I thought he got hosed on that holding call at the end of the game. I did not think that was a hold. Um, oh, I, yeah, I wasn't referring to that, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I know. I'm just yeah. saying I, I, I thought that was a terrible call, and I'm glad they overcame it because I didn't think he deserved that call. But he's struggling in general. The offensive mm-hmm. line is struggling. I think they gave up five or six sacks against Kansas City last week. They gave up, I think, four more this week, maybe five. 
and Herbert was under constant pressure. It seemed like even on screen passes, he was getting hit. Mm-hmm. I mean, they couldn't get the ball out fast enough. Um, so hopefully he's okay. Cause I know he was limping a little bit during the game. Um, there was some worry about his left leg at, at some point late in the game, but, um, yeah, the offensive line's a problem. Pipkins has been playing hurt. He deserves a lot of credit for being tough and toughing out some of those injuries, but if he can't go and they have to play Cyril and, um, and storm, there's big problems on the right side because Zion struggling. Now they don't really have a right tackle. And missing Lindsley is huge for them. You know, we've said it on this show before. Lindsley is like the second quarterback of the offense. Mm-hmm. He's the one who's sliding the protections. He's the one who's calling out the blitzes. He is he's the glue of that offensive line. And when he's not there, there are all kinds of problems. And you saw the Cardinals in a in a big spot on the second to last drive. Um just blitz Simmons straight up the middle on clap, and he got right by him and got the got the big sack on third down. So uh there, there's problems on that line. There already were problems on that line, and now they just get, I think, magnified um, with Lindsley out. So hopefully he's okay. Hopefully he he gets through the concussion protocol quickly and come back next week because it's it's tough sledding on that offense without him. Yeah, I I love this exercise. This is this is Merritt who just uh, put a comment in here. Uh, he says, "I'm here in Komodo National Park. Someone give me a quick rundown of the game." I just caught the TD and the two-point conversion. So he just caught the ending. Uh, quick synopsis of the game, Jamie. We, uh, fall down early, 10 points, right? Yep, so no score. show in the first quarter outside, yeah, again. Of the, the inter, uh, outside of the fumble that Derwin cause, caused on the Cardinals' first possession of the game. Mm-hmm. Complete no show in the fourth quarter. Fall down by 10 points. Herbert goes into God mode. Mm-hmm. As we say on the go, he goes into fuck it mode. Mm-hmm. and they put up 14 points really quickly before the half, but they leave too much time on the clock, and the Cardinals go down and score a field goal to go up 17-14 at halftime. Yep. Right? 17-14? Yep. Yep, they're up with a field goal. Yep. And by it wasn't a field goal. It was a touchdown. They score a touchdown right before halftime, uh, led mostly by the fact that they couldn't keep Murray in the pocket, and he basically ran free for three huge runs at the end of the half, including the mm-hmm. touchdown. Yep. Uh, which did not look like it was boding well for the defense for the rest of the game. Come out and actually, I think they they win the third quarter, right? They win the third quarter three nothing. Yes, they uh, outscore the Cardinals three nothing in the third quarter. Yeah, they give up a touchdown early in the, in the fourth. fourth. Yep. Mm-hmm. Not a whole lot of action for most of the fourth quarter. Uh, Chargers decide not to go for it on fourth and six with about 11 minutes to go and plus territory, punt the mm-hmm. ball back. Chargers defense gets three great three and outs mm-hmm. on consecutive possessions in the fourth quarter. They get the ball back with like two minutes left and they go right down the field. Score the score touchdown. Like a 48 yard touchdown on a 48 yard touchdown drive with two drive, minutes to go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then gets two point conversion to win it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That was basically it. the fourth quarter. Arizona scores, Chargers punt, Cardinals punt, Chargers punt, Cardinals punt, <laughs> and then the the Chargers get the ball back and then score. Yeah, so that, that was a fun little. You saw the best part, really, Merritt, and uh, have fun wherever. Where is Komodo National Park? I don't even know where that's at. No idea. Yeah, I don't either. Hopefully Never even heard of it, to be honest with you. Yeah, me neither. Maybe <laughs> Komodo. That's where the, all the Komodo dragons are. Um. <coughs> all right. So. Um. And he's saying, uh, so it's exactly how we all predicted it. Yep, that's exactly what happened. Um, all right, so uh, we talked about Derwin. So Derwin gets the the fumble, and then Derwin gets the interception. How are you feeling about on fourth down? Is fourth and one? Kyler basically throws up a prayer to DeAndre Hopkins. Derwin undercuts it, intercepts it. How are you feeling about that decision for Derwin? Do you blame Derwin for making that interception? Not really. I mean, I get the I get the complaints about knocking it down, but what's to say he doesn't tip that ball up in the air and Hopkins doesn't catch it on the rebound? I mean, mm-hmm. Hopkins is probably the best jump ball receiver in the NFL. So yep. that's where I uh, want to go. I think you got a chance to take it away. You take it away. You deal with the, with losing the twenty yards. Um, you know, I get the complaints, but it's hard to blame him in the heat of the moment for making a play like that. And yeah. by the way, kudos to Derwin because he had a bunch of huge plays in that game. He forced two turnovers, had mm-hmm. a big run stop on the last possession. Um, I 
it seemed like he was playing like a man possessed today. He mm-hmm. was all over the field, made a, a bunch of huge, very important plays for them. Showed up in man coverage quite a bit, which I, you know, people have been complaining about his coverage the last few weeks. Showed up in man coverage quite a bit. Showed up and run and run support. Didn't really see him too much as a pass rusher, at least not in terms of sacks. But he was all over the field. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So every I there was multiple complaints uh, about this Derwin interception, and I don't fault Derwin at all. Um, in that play, DeAndre Hopkins is over Derwin's back trying to get that ball. The only thing you could possibly do is grab it and maybe like spike it between your legs, but he was falling down on his back and the ball was going with him. That was the only way to ensure that he got the ball and DeAndre Hopkins did not get the ball. Tipping the ball away, who knows what happens with Hopkins like right over your back. So I am 100% in agreement with what Derwin did there, and I don't blame him not even a little bit. That was the only way to ensure that you get the ball back on fourth down. I know, you know, tipping it and somehow like trying to get it so Derwin doesn't or DeAndre doesn't get a hold of it is is ideal, obviously. But with him draped all over you, you don't want to knock that ball anywhere in the area. And so it just landed in his lap and he decided it hit him in the tummy and he decided to hold it <laughs> in and uh, corral that touchdown. I was, w- but, was wondering if you were going to go with that. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah. And so, and Derwin, it seemed a lot towards the end of that game, had to play a lot of the back end stuff. You saw him on some deep routes playing that, uh, deep defender, uh, JT woods, uh, not getting it done with a really absolutely piss poor, uh, tackle effort on Deandre Hopkins on that, uh, tackle on that, uh, touchdown pass, uh, Aloha Gilman, giving up a couple, uh, tackles in the backfield. There's, uh, in the, uh, back end, there's just uh, issues in that free safety group between Woods now, Gilman, and uh, Adderley, who didn't play today. But those three are all having tackling issues. Yeah, and I think that's why we're seeing more and more of Derwin in coverage. Um, they they don't have a choice. They they need him back there to make plays, even though it's not really you know the highest and best use for Derwin. They need his athleticism back there. They need his ball skills back there because those other guys really aren't making plays. I know. Aloe, he did have a nice play to punch the ball out yeah. of uh, McBride's hands on that last possession. I thought he caught it. I was I was watching that live, and I saw the ball go into McBride's hands, and he goes down to the ground, and Gilman gets up celebrating. I'm like, what are you celebrating for? You just give up a first down. I didn't realize the ball was on the ground. Classic DB. Yes, celebrating classic even during DB. completion. <laughs> classic Chargers DB, especially. Um but you know, I think I thought all those coverage guys stepped up when they needed them to. Mike broke up the last pass of the game. Derwin had a bunch mm-hmm. of big plays. Yeah. Gilman had a couple balls that he punched out. Um, didn't I? Don't really remember seeing um, uh, seeing Asante's name called his number called too much today. No, no, he had a really good uh, ta- uh, closely line of scrimmage tackle on. I think it was Connor at the moment where he's kind of on an Island by himself. But other than that, no, he wasn't really in the area. He was quiet today. Yeah. They, they really struggled with the run and they had a couple of busts in the passing game early. There was that touchdown to Hopkins and there was another long, I think third down catch that Hopkins had for like 20 plus yards. Um, But more or less, I thought they did a pretty good job in coverage uh, and their coverage got better as they were able to pin uh, Murray in the pocket mm-hmm. later in the game. Yeah. As he wasn't able to break contain and ad lib. And as he had to stay within the structure of the plays, I thought they got much better, um, you know, holding down those, those, those passing plays. Yeah. And that's one thing I wanted to mention is that uh, Staley in halftime was talking about how uh, the big focal point is going to be containing Kyler Murray in the second half. And uh, to his credit, the defense did uh, for the most part was able to contain Kyler, keep him in the pocket. And when he became a pocket passer, he just was not good today. And that's why they were big part of why they were able to force those three, three and outs at the end of the game to win it. So credit to Staley for uh, making that adjustment and keeping Kyler in the pocket because he was killing them in the first half. Yeah, they, I thought they made some nice defensive adjustments um, to be able to keep him in the pocket and, and force those four, those three and outs in the fourth quarter. The, the, those were the plays of the game. Those yeah. three third downs at the end of the game, that's what kept him in the game and gave him a chance to win it. So, um, you know, they, and you, you saw one, I think one design run uh, in the third quarter to start the third quarter uh, oh, yeah. by Murray. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. thought, oh my God, he's going to run for like 150 yards. Yeah. Uh, it was that, design like quarterback sweep rollout. Yeah. 
and then you didn't see it again. And they really did a good job of eliminating the scrambling too. So yep. great job, great adjustments there. Yeah. Also, a uh, little bit of a credit. Uh, early on, on the first three plays, they started a series with a run. And uh, the first one got, I think, five. The next two got less than three yards. Both of them did. Uh, the next time up on that first series, it was a uh, seven-yard out to Keenan Allen. And it was from there, no more running, all leaving it on Herbert. And I thought the adjustment to not run it on first down, which I know you had a big issue with last week, Jamie, um, it was obviously a problem early in this game. And then they didn't go, they went away from it. They uh, ran late in that game because there was definitely some openings and they, um, they saw that they're kind of going light in the box. So they ran it a couple times to effect, but for the most part in that second half and uh, after that kind of four series, you didn't see a lot of runs on the ground and you saw a lot more passing and letting Herbert just deal. Yeah. And they were, I thought that they were a little bit better at pushing the ball down the field when they could. I know there were a lot of wide receiver screens. They were having a whole lot of issues with the stunts and twists up front mm -hmm. yeah, and the Cardinals blitz, blitz packages, which I think was somewhat predictable. They just don't have the line to hold up against, um, against a defense that blitzes and, and runs as many games up front as the Cardinals do. But um, they got they got some chunk plays uh, in the passing game today. You know, they had a couple big plays on third downs for Palmer, the touchdown to Carter on a wheel route, which was a really nicely designed play and perfectly executed. Uh, it helped that the Cardinals just basically forgot that Carter was on the field and just let him run down the field, but nicely executed nonetheless. Um but they were able to find some passes in the intermediate. Uh, some guys had some catch and run opportunities um, by getting away from stick a little bit in certain situations. And it kind of breathed some life into the passing game. And they were able to get chunk plays at the end of the game, mm -hmm. which was something they had struggled a little bit with earlier in the game. So I thought, you know, the passing game was much better. Getting away from the runs on first down was very helpful. Um, I know there were some people in our discord that were complaining about, about avoiding, about abandoning the run. But mm -hmm. like you said, they picked their spots to run the ball at the end of the game and they were effective doing so. And I think some of those runs kind of kept the Cardinals a little bit honest uh, late and gave mm -hmm. the, the Chargers a chance to make some plays down the field. Yeah. Arjun's got a question. We haven't uh, talked about Kenneth Murray yet. Is everyone in agreement to bench Kenneth Murray for Troy reader? Yes. I we, yeah, we made that point last week, I think. What was the, uh, we were asked, what would we do going into next week against the Cardinals? And one of them was take Murray off the field and replace him with Troy Reader. Uh, they didn't do that this week. And we saw that uh, just awful sequence of uh, Khalil Mack trying to uh, get a hand or at least uh, hit James Conner off his route a little bit, uh, not getting enough of him, uh, getting on a hand on him but still not enough to slow him down for Kenneth Murray to come in and make a tackle or a play or anywhere near in coverage on James Conner on that wheel route for an easy six. Uh, he, I mean, he's just a liability. And, and quite honestly, on that first uh, fumble from, uh, that Derwin forced, Kenneth Murray was in the hole, stopped his feet, let an offensive lineman come to him, which then had Derwin fill the hole, and then he was able to get a hand on the football. So, uh, I guess there's a positive there that he was able to uh, play himself out of that play. So Derwin could make a play, but I mean, he is just slow, so slow to react. And uh, I mean, he's, there's been a couple times where he's uh, kind of been out of control on his tackles and a little friendly fire with his teammates and stuff. I just, he's, he's been terrible all around this whole Kenneth Murray experience is a year past its prime. It's time to move on. And Troy reader showing a lot last game uh, didn't get as many snaps from what I could remember, I thought Murray and Trink were on the field a hell of a lot. Yeah, it's definitely time for Murray to go. I, I I don't know what they see in him. And I think a lot of it is they're putting him in some bad positions too. Well, they're using him as the primary spy on on uh, Kyler Murray. Like he's going to run down Kyler Murray once he gets out of the pocket. Yeah, And that's, I mean, that's a bad fit for a couple of reasons. One, Kenneth Murray is not going to chase down Kyler Murray. And two, Kenneth Murray has no idea where anybody is on the field. Once he starts <laughs> running, he just runs into blockers. Yeah. Like he's like a magnet for blockers. Somebody in the discord said he's like an electromagnet for blockers. <laughs> I mean, they, he just gets pulled into them. It's That's ridiculous. True. It's like, it's like the grab, the gravitational, gravitational pull. pull yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just like straight yep. it, every mm -hmm. time. 
Yep. He could have a clear path to a tackler, and he's still going to find a blocker somewhere. Yeah, um, we saw that in a game earlier this year. Yeah, there there stuck. are plays where, like you mentioned, he's got a clear path to a, a guy. He's in a hole in the hole waiting for somebody, and he'll stop his feet and just wait for somebody to come pick him off. Mm-hmm. Or he's he's the he he's supposed to be manning the gap that the running back's coming through, and instead of manning the gap, he just runs straight to a blocker and takes the blocker on. Uh, the guy has no idea what he's doing out there. It's really frustrating to watch. So hopefully this experiment is over very soon. Uh, all right, Jamie, you got a question. How big is the game next week? Uh, do they need to completely abandon the run versus the Raiders defense from the beginning? Please tell me. Thanks. Don't forget me. What eighth year don't we're, we'll find you, buddy. Don't worry. We're not going to forget you. Um, so Raiders, I feel like eighth year has like a lot of pent up frustration about us. He did, he's always like, Hey, 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 don't forget about it. Hey guys, guys in the chat. He's like waving his hand. It's like eighth year. We got you, buddy. Don't worry. <laughs> don't worry about it. Um, so do next week against the Raiders. Every, um, every game from here on out is a huge game for them. They can't afford more than maybe one more loss if they want to make the playoffs. So, and they certainly can't afford any more losses in the, in the division. So next week is a huge game. They have to put the Raiders out of their misery. They have to win to be able to stay on track. If they have any shot of getting a wild card, uh, this season. So yes, huge game. No, I don't think they will abandon the run. I think they're going to be terrified of, uh, Crosby and Chandler Jones. And I think they're going to try to do what they always do. They're going to try to run the ball. They're going to run screens, wide receiver screens, tight end screens, halfback screens. They're going to try to keep those guys honest because they know that if, especially if Pipkins isn't on the field, they don't have anybody who can block Max Crosby, period. Um, so they are absolutely going to have to, to run the ball to be effective next week. If they fall behind and they're not able to run the ball, they're going to have a really hard time, I think, because that pass rush is going to tee off on, on the offensive line the way they've been going. Yeah, that interior of the Raiders uh, gave the Chargers some issues. Uh, Raiders ended up winning today, but also uh, Kenneth Walker ran all over uh, the Raiders. Two rushing touchdowns today, I think. Uh, Yeah, there's no point in abandoning the run now. Now, if it doesn't work early on and you can uh, get away from it, go for it. But, you know, quite honestly, um, if, you know, you got to be able to establish a run and be multidimensional in this league. And this team, the Raiders team just isn't, very good. I know they got to win against a team the Chargers lost to earlier this year, but um, they got to be able to uh, establish a run because that's, you know, I, passing on, they could probably do both on the Raiders, but they got to be able to establish a run. One thing I would like to see, and hopefully they're planning it for next week, is I would like to see more of Spiller running the ball. I think part of the reason they struggle is because. Eckler wears down during the season and he's not the physical runner. He's more of the slasher. And I think they need more physical power behind that offensive line. I'd like to see them run more power. And I'd like to see now that Kelly's back, I'd like to see more of Kelly and Spiller running the ball and have some two back sets, maybe with Eckler in the slot. Hey, how about um, no Sony Michelle today? Yeah, Sadly. that's a, that's a big deal with mm-hmm. the way they've been going. Yeah. Huge deal. We we didn't see Spiller much past the second and third series though. It was all Eckler. We saw was he on the field at all? I don't remember seeing him. I don't think so. I just remember there was a few first down runs where he didn't get much, and then after that, it was all Joshua Kelly and mostly Austin Eckler. Yeah, I I don't remember seeing him at all, but I might have missed him. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. Everybody wants to talk about Sam Macho. Do you care at all, Jamie? He's an idiot. I, I really don't care. He's, Mr. he's hey, trying hey. to get interactions and get, get attention, and he's succeeding. So that's, more power that's, to him, I guess. Yeah, that's my issue here. It's it's the Skip Bayless. Uh, it's the it's the Colin Coward. It's the Stephen A. Smith uh, school of journalism. It's just like make outlandish opinions and then just be really loud about it and passionate about it, and then people will fight you, but you'll get your attention. I... I don't pay attention to him. I, I see what he says, and then I just don't respond or give it another thought. I just let all that go. I don't know why everybody's got. If you just don't give him attention, uh, he's not going to care and probably move on to something else and attack some other fan base that'll care more about it. So I don't. I don't ever care about it. Um, 
I don't feel like his opinions are ever rooted in real like fact or opinion. I feel like it's just on what will get him the most engagement. And, uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm never a fan of that, but, um, yeah, I, sure. He's a clown, but I, I, I don't care or give him the attention. Yeah. I, I have a theory on him. One, obviously he's trying to get engagement. Um, good for him. Mm-hmm. The other thing is, has anybody ever noticed who he who he's always comparing Herbert to when he's making when he's making these comments? Who who he's using these comments to prop up when he's when he's slandering Herbert? He's always comparing him to Hertz and Tua. Hmm. It it kind of seems to me like there's a little bit of a I don't know. He's taking shots at the white quarterback and trying to prop up the other guys. I don't know. That's kind of what it seems like to me, just the way he presents it. Cause it's always, well, if two or, or, or Hertz did that, then they'd be getting killed. But since it's Herbert, you know, he's, he's the, um, he's the darling. Nobody's going to criticize him. It's just the way he presents something about the way he presents. It just really irritates me. And we're talking about Emmanuel Acho. He's, he says Sam Acho, but we're no, talking it's, about, it's Sam, isn't it? Or is it Emmanuel? No, it's a, I think Sam's his brother. Are, are we getting confused now? I'm pretty sure it's Emmanuel Acho. I'm going to look it up, but go ahead. I think yeah, you're right, actually. Yeah, I think it Emmanuel. is Emmanuel. Yeah. yeah. Is. Anyway. <laughs> I just don't. Yeah. I don't care for his takes. I think he's an idiot. And so, something about the way he presents it bothers me. Yeah. Yeah, it does me too. It just feels like it's on purpose and it's not um it's not genuine. I don't I don't feel like he really believes the opinions he's giving. I feel like he's just trying to do it with gusto and that's why everybody's latching onto it. Um, well, as long as people keep latching onto it, he's going to keep doing it. So Yeah, yeah, of course. Maybe and stop giving stop it your time. stop responding to him and he'll go away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I heard this during the broadcast too, uh, from Jay. How do you feel about Herbert saying sometimes he could feel his ribs moving? He said, I didn't catch that. That's a little oh. scary. <laughs> he said sometimes he gets hit, and when he gets hit, if he gets hit the wrong way at times, he can feel his ribs moving. He can feel it moving within his body, and he's just got to kind of like shake it off. It's scary, right? That's scary. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I wouldn't want to feel my ribs moving. <laughs> no, no, he's a lot tougher than us. Um, who was more of a liability today from Peyton Gilman or Murray? I'd say Murray because Gilman made a play today. Gilman made a couple plays today. I think. Yeah. yeah. Murray's all the answer is always Murray. They're yeah. both liabilities, but the answer is always Murray. <laughs> yeah. Just like John says, Murray by a distance. And that distance is like planet to planet distance. Um, let's see. There's a, um, Oh yeah. People are getting Sam and Emmanuel confused in the chat. Um, uh, let's see. Um, man, there was just one other thing about her playing Herbert out of the pocket. We saw a little bit more of that today. Did you, did you like the script for Herbert today? Do you think it was kind of a function of the offensive line kind of crumbling around him? How how did you like all that? I first like three drives. I didn't really feel like they were going out of their way to play him out of the pocket. It felt more to me like he was getting out of the pocket during the game as he was getting tired of getting hit. And he was just trying to make plays and extend plays with his legs. It didn't, I mean, I know they rolled him out a couple times, but it didn't really seem like they, they didn't have any called runs for him. And I remember outside of maybe one QB sneak for a first down, um, mm. it seemed like it was more off script to me. Do you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't think they rolled him out as much. Um, uh, I, I think I remember too, but not, I don't think that's more than usual. And yeah, I think it was a lot of the pocket collapsing around him. It is more the offensive line having its issues and him having to flood the pocket more than it was. They kind of scripted him outside of the pocket, but uh, I mean, we've talked about it a lot about how getting him on the move and letting him, uh, make his own plays is, uh, always beneficial for a guy like Herbert. Um, so since we're talking about like that first three drives, what I, I don't, cause they won and it's a huge win. They needed it. Uh, it was on the road and NFL games to win on the road are very hard to come by. We've mentioned that before, but 
I I don't like how every week there is a come out flat, be down by two scores, and then make up for it late in the end. And then everybody talks about what happens at the very end. Was it Patrick Mahomes? Uh, they weren't down then, but did did the other team come down and drive and win, or did Herbert come down and drive and win? It's never about how about the Chargers put themselves in a hole and they seem to always put themselves in a hole. They get sleepy in that first half, and then they have to go leaps and bounds to go against everything they've done to come back and even make it a game. And I, nobody talks about these slow start. It's just like, oh, but they won, and now you know they're on to Las Vegas. But they cannot continue to keep coming out sleepy in the first half and continue to win games. This is not a playoff team. The, the team that won today... Uh, they they won. It was great. Uh, they gave up way too many runs on the ground. They hurt themselves a lot on third down. That twelve men on the field on third down was terrible. The tackling was awful. The way the uh, the decision to punt on the forty nine uh, when you're down a touchdown was bad. But then at the very end, they constructed a great drive to win the game and go up by two. But that first quarter quarter and a half of not being able to move the ball at all, looking sleepy, defense falling behind, and then the team falling behind two scores. This happened way too often this year for them to be a team that's going to even come close to getting a playoff spot now because that that wild card spot now that they're fighting for because they're not going to get an AFC West crown this year because they lost to the Chiefs twice, which is basically another like game above KC. I I you know I just I don't know how they're going to be able to make a wild card spot if they keep continuing to fall behind by two scores at the beginning of games anymore. Yeah. You can't keep putting yourself in a hole. I mean, it's really hard to win at any level, but especially in the NFL, if you're down two scores before you get settled into the game, it just, it just doesn't work um, long-term. And, you know, I, I'm not sure that sleepy is the way to describe it. I would say unprepared. They're coming out of game. They're not prepared. It's like, they're not ready for the first, 20 or 30 plays, the other team is going to run on offense. Their their first 20 or 30 plays are not scripted properly for what the other team does on defense. They're just not ready. They're not prepared. They don't know what to expect. And teams know exactly what the Chargers are going to do when they're ready for it, and they have them ready to go. So, and like Nick just said, they're going three and out every play, every series for the first three to five possessions. So if you're scripting 25 plays, it takes a long time to get through those plays mm -hmm. because you're going three and out, four and out, five and out. It, I mean, that's, you know, five, six series. Yeah. That can kill a game. So the scripts need to be better to start games. They need to be ready to go. Um, I, I think you can say they're flat at times. They're disorganized. They they haven't been penalized a whole lot this season, which has been good. I think mm -hmm. I think they said on the broadcast they're one of the least penalized teams in the league. Mm -hmm. So at least they're disciplined in that regard for the most part. They're just I, I don't know. It's just it's like they're just not getting off the plane. They're just not ready to go on a week to week basis. And I don't know why that is. So yeah. It seemed like they were starting to fix it a little bit. There was some concern about the first quarters. Then they had two games in a row where they got out to first quarter leads, but they didn't do anything in the third quarter. Mm -hmm. Today, they didn't do anything in the first quarter or in the third quarter. Uh, they basically only played a half a game today, and they, they yeah. managed to win because they played a bad football team. Really bad, yeah. Uh, but it's not sustainable. Um, no. And it's something they really got to look at. You know, I know Staley changed their practice routines to try to get them ready to be to, to play better early in games. But now they're not playing well early, and they're not playing well in the middle of the game. So – where do you go from there? I know they won and I hate to be mm -hmm. overly negative because they did get yeah. a road win and it was a game they had to have. Um, but you really got to question what the coaching staff is doing to get these guys ready every week. If they're mm -hmm. always flat like this. Yeah. And then what are they doing at halftime? If they're, if they're constantly flat in the third quarter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, I, I don't know what it is defensively. I don't feel like it's all that hard for the chargers because it just seems like every team wants to just run it down their throat uh, every single time to start the game. And, and they do, and then the chargers can't stop it. And then they fall behind. And then eventually they're able to stop the run late in the game at times, but defensively, I mean, I, I get the game script is a little tough and uh, you know, they, they got to get out to better starts and they have at times, but 
there's just too many uh, three and outs early in that game. And then having the other team just run it down their throat uh, that first quarter and fall behind. And then they're eating so much clock because they've got the possession uh, running it. It's just, it's, they, they can't do it if they want to make this playoff push. So, you know, maybe next week things will change, but this is, this, this is just like every other week. It seems like where they fall behind by two scores and they're just getting the ball ran on them and they just can't move the ball. Yeah. I think the bigger concern is it's like, they're not ready for the blitz packages and pressure packages that these other teams are putting together. You would think with a defensive head coach, that they would be more prepared for some of the stunts and twists and blitz packages that they're seeing, but they can't protect. And that makes it really hard to move the football. They can't run the ball, which also makes it really hard to run the football. Um, yeah. It seems like, you know, they're, they've been most successful the previous two weeks when they're calling more play action on first down early in the game and trying to get the ball down the field. Yeah. Uh, but when they come out and run the ball on first down, throw a little check down on second down, you're just walking right into the hands of defense. They're teeing up a blitz. They're teeing up some stunts, and Herbert's going to get hit, and you're probably not going to get a first down. So they, they've got to be better prepared. Yeah. Yeah, I know I know. Bosa coming back will help. Mike Williams coming back will help. But they've got enough talent on this field to make things work, and they just aren't. Um, uh, feel free to send your questions because we're starting to wrap up here a little bit. Edward wants to know, how do you see next week playing out? Jamie, do you think – the Chargers end up winning this game, losing this game. How do you think they I, do? I still don't think the Raiders are very good. I still don't think they're very well coached. And I think I think it's probably going to play out a lot like this week did. I think you've got two teams that have a fair amount of talent that are not particularly well coached. And it's going to come down to whichever coach makes the fewest mistakes. Mm -hmm. And I just think Josh McDaniels is an overrated buffoon. So I think... I think they're gonna. I think the Chargers find a way to win next week, just because I. I think the Raiders are garbage. I think it's gonna be close. It yeah, I'm not saying they're gonna blow them out. No, but I, I think know. They I know. find a yeah. way to win. Yeah, yeah. I. I think the Chargers end up winning this game too. Uh, they. They still got to win. I mean, every game here on out is really, really important for this Chargers team. So, uh, they cannot fall behind and, and drop one to like the lowly Raiders. So uh, they got to win this game. Uh, it's more important to the Chargers than it is the Raiders. And yeah, I. I I think the Raiders just stink and McDaniels is no good. So I think the chargers end up winning that game. Um, there's uh, Junius was talking about Fajoko who uh, for a few games now uh, has been pretty good. Uh, pretty good at stopping the run has made a, a few splash plays did again today. Yeah. He flashed a few times today. Had a yeah. couple of nice run stops. Uh, he's been solid. I don't think he's, you know, I don't think he's a superstar by any means, but he's made some nice plays and he's been a nice, uh, kind of he's helped settle things down on the interior of the defensive line with Austin Johnson out and Tillery gone and some of these guys that have been hurt. Uh, it's, I think he's been kind of a, a steadying influence on the interior of the line and he's, he's helped out with some run stops. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's been, he's been good. MK Adams 99. I feel that Zion Johnson was a reach at 17. Do you think the chargers would have been better off with, Drafting Trent McDuffie, Jermaine Johnson, or someone else in the draft? Uh, I say no. I don't think it was a, a reach at all. I think he was probably the highest-rated player uh, in my book, if I remember. There might have been one other player, but no, this was. I think this, even though it was a boring pick for most people because you know drafting a guard isn't exciting, I think this it was definitely the right pick. You, Jamie? No, I mean he 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 was one of my two highest-rated players along with Dax Hill on the board at that point. So yeah. those are the two guys I wanted. They took, they took Johnson and we know from, you know, talking to your guy that mm -hmm. he was, they felt he was the most complete player on the board. He was the, their highest rated player on the board. They only had two or three guys at that spot that they thought were worthy of the pick and everybody else they felt like was more of a project. So, yeah. and I don't recall specifically, but I don't think Jermaine Johnson was even on their list at that point. He wasn't, and Trent McDuffie didn't even have a first round grade for the Chargers. Yeah, um, yeah. I think I think they saw McDuffie as more of a slot guy uh, because yep. of his lack of length. So those guys weren't even in consideration at that point. Um, I yeah. think it really would have come down to either Zion or Carlaftis. Uh, I think were the two, mm -hmm. the two big name guys that were still on the board at that point that they were yep. considering. Yep. Uh going through the questions here. 
Let me check. Um, Let's see. How, uh, let's go to Nick. How concerned should we be that Herbert has turned into a total robot by Lombardi and may never be the same guy we saw in years past? We we mentioned that he looked kind of like the Oregon Duck last week. You, we think he's a little bit better this week? I think he's been getting progressively better the last few weeks. He's still a little bit robotic and predictable with the checkdowns. And I do think that as a coaching issue more so than a Herbert issue. I just think they're coaching him to check the ball down with, with uh, cover two, which they see a lot of. Um, but I think he's getting better. I think as he's getting healthier, he's getting better. And I think we saw, especially today in the fourth quarter, he's taking more shots, um, getting out of the pocket, using his legs, getting the ball down the field. So um, I'm, I'm not too worried about it. I, I still think Lombardi should be gone. Um, yeah. But I think – if Lombardi's gone in the offseason, they'll find somebody to, to help iron some of those things out with Herbert. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a hard one. Um so I'm still thinking about the Zion Johnson question because I am I was on board with Zion. He had a great uh camp, great beginning of the year. Uh has kind of had his issues late in this year, but he's a rookie. I don't I don't think there's any way you draft anybody else in that spot. I know, I know you had Dax Hill. I think I had a guy that might have been a little bit higher, but Zion was just the best fit. And I yeah, think he'll, he'll be all right. Their guys at that point were Zion, Karlaftis. I think Traylon Burks was on their list. Um, and the corner um, kid from Elam? Florida. Kyrie Elam. Yeah. Yeah. And then there was one other guy, I think, that was on that on their list at that point. But those were the – those were the five, the four main guys. Yeah. Uh, from DMAC, who looks new. What's up, DMAC? Uh, do you think this win papers over the cracks in the sense that Lombardi will feel his play calling is justified? It will not change anything going forward. Well, he hasn't. He hasn't changed anything for from the beginning. From the beginning, so yeah. no, he's not going to change anything. No. He the only time, and this is a pattern with the entire coaching staff. They don't really change anything ever until they feel desperate or they fall behind by two scores, then they change it and they find something that works. And then they go back to what wasn't working once they get, once they catch up, that's their yeah. MO. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, just correcting my comments from earlier. I said, Kenneth Walker ran all, all over the Raiders, uh, was half watching it. He had two touchdowns. Uh, I guess he didn't have the yardage, but still punched it in twice. So I think that's pretty effective for a running back, but yes, didn't have the, Big rushing day for sure, but that also doesn't mean that the Chargers couldn't run over the Raiders or should have banned in the run uh, going into next week. Um, let's see. Can we talk about how Keenan Allen completely opens up the offense? Three games ago, Carter was a wide receiver four that couldn't make a play. Then today he's able to blow up because of the attention to K demands. Uh, do you think the – well, it's – I mean, there's no question that Keenan Allen opens up this offense a little bit more. Uh, do you think it has added another dimension to this offense that's broke it open for everybody? It's improved uh, for sure. They're still prone to long stretches of not moving the ball. So I wouldn't mm -hmm. really say that he's opened things up, but obviously having, you know, your true number one back on the field, somebody the defenses have to respect and maybe even double at times is going to open things up for guys. Uh, I also think a lot of what we saw today had a lot to do with just the way the Cardinals play defense. They play mm -hmm. a lot of zone defense. They yep. like to keep their linebackers on the field. Yep. Um, this is a defense that trusts their athletes to make plays. They do the same thing on offense. Um, and they trust Isaiah Simmons in the slot way, way, way more than they should. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, so you're, it's easy to find matchups and find space behind Simmons in those zone coverages if you give Herbert time to throw the ball. And I think that's what we saw today. Yeah. And MK Adams doubling down here. Zion Johnson equals DJ Fluker 2.0. Oh boy. Uh, <laughs> Woo. <laughs> That's a hot take on a Sunday after a win. Oh boy. Uh, okay. <laughs> good for you. I, I respect it. Uh, I, I don't agree with it, but I, I love a good hot take on a Sunday. Um, so yeah, I mean the the return of Keenan Allen, I think, was uh, uh, big for the Chargers. They needed somebody to get some separation. Uh, there's been some of that. Uh, he kind of disappeared in the second half. I don't know if he's quite back to 
playing speed quite yet. He hasn't been as effective as we had hoped since coming back. Uh, Mike Williams will help, but yeah, I mean, I, I think also the ascension of Joshua Palmer, who's had a few good games in a row, uh, able uh, he had the fumble today, which wasn't good, but able to get open at times and uh, was a third down target a couple times last week. And I think I think with uh, Joshua Palmer getting better and uh, Keenan Allen getting back, and then Mike Williams, I mean, I think they're gonna be close to full strength. And Justin Herbert with the the even with the ribs moving around a little bit uh, can is still kind of getting to a hundred percent. So uh, things will start to get better, but the play calling has got to get better. And a lot of other things got to get better going forward. I think Joshua Palmer deserves a lot of credit. I know he had that fumble. He almost had two fumbles today. He's a little <laughs> bit scary with the ball in his yeah. hands after the catch, but he, yeah, he like he fell to the ground, dropped it, and then it kind of like flew up in the air. Yeah, and he got, didn't move like he fumbled it or anything. But yeah, that was a close one. I I remember that one. Yeah, and it was I think it was consecutive catches too that he that he dropped mm. the ball like that on. So he's doing a great job of getting open. He's making catches. Got to get a little bit tougher at the catch point and secure the ball, protect the ball a little bit after he makes the catch. But um, I think it's it's nice to see him develop as a route runner and as a weapon in the offense. Because uh, I think there were some concerns earlier in the season that he and he and Herbert weren't really connecting, and Herbert wasn't looking for him. Mm-hmm. But it really does seem like Herbert is looking for him in key situations now, and more often than not, he's coming through when he's looking for him. So nice to see that level of development in the wide receiver core. Um, I think that's going to really help them down the stretch. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, that does it for us. Chargers get the big win in Arizona on a the right call to go for it on uh, the two-point conversion. They got it. They converted. A beautiful play call. And uh, they got it done. Now on to the Raiders. We appreciate you guys. Thanks so much. We will see you next time. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.